Okay, so I wanted to come on here and talk about a few things. Um, I just want to be transparent. I want to talk about exactly what's on my heart. And I don't want to beat around the bush or feel afraid to talk about nothing or say nothing. Because I don't want it to be like, you know... Like, I'm somehow, you know, watching my words for something or someone because I realized that, like, even though God wants me to watch what I say, he don't want me, he don't want me to speak negativity in the air. He want me to, you know, speak positivity over my life and other people's lives. He wants me to be careful. Yet still, you know, every single time I come to tell what it is, I feel somebody needs to know something that somebody that could actually help somebody not be in a position I'm in, not ever have to go through this, help somebody, help keep somebody from ever having to go through something like this ever again. I always feel like I can't say what I really want to say or I shouldn't, or, you know, it's taboo or, you know, it's wrong or I don't know, like it's, it's somehow offensive, but in reality, like, or I don't want to be wrong or whatever. I don't want to say the wrong thing. But in reality, like, I think whatever it is that I may be holding back from saying, you know, that's first of all what I needed to hear. When I was going through this, I wish I didn't have to learn the hard way. Or that these things could have helped me. But also, another thing is, I just realized the devil might be keeping me from saying that because it can help somebody. He wants everybody to feel isolated. He wants to isolate people. He wants to get the ignorant. He he loves to prey on the ignorant because they don't know. And it's, the more you don't know, that's how the devil want, want it to be. Like, he literally, like, when once you're in a covenant with the devil, a pact with the devil, whatever, once you worship Satan... He literally, that's how he, I feel like that's how he trains his people. He tells them, like, you know, they don't know, and that's to our benefit. And, like, the devil don't have no shame. So, if you don't know, that don't mean, oh, they don't know, so let me leave them alone. Or, they don't know, so, you know, it's not fair. He don't care. That's, he love that. He love the unfair situations. So... Um, I I believe that when I first got in this situation, like they were counting and banking and benefiting from my ignorance and not understanding the severity of small actions and how the little things add up to a lot. And even the big things, me thinking like, you know, like, honestly, I wasn't thinking. I don't think a lot of times, honestly, you know, I can be aware. I can be, you know, careful. But certain things, it's like I just been I've just been taught either different or wrong, or it's a lot of stuff we just don't know. Like a lot of stuff I've had to learn the hard way. I have to learn in the process of getting these demonic covenants or demonic entities and that are sent and placed on me off of me. It's layers of them. And they have been studying me, watching me. And I remember when this first started, it's amazing how I feel like they're putting spells on me to get me to forget the beginning stages of all of this. But I remember when this first started, when this first started, um, I remember like just feeling like I couldn't do anything without being watched and monitored. I was being monitored 
everything that I do, if I was to brush my teeth, comb my hair, get a drink of water, anything that I did, I was being monitored. And I noticed that, you know, it seemed like they were reading my mind. And then one day I I picked up on the fact that since they were monitoring me and I didn't get not even a second to myself, that they just started being able to predict what I would think or what I would do. They started to, they, they studied me so hard and so much that it wasn't that they could read my mind. It was that they were basing my you know, basing things off things that I would do off of, you know, what they have picked up on and what they have seen that I am, that I do. So when I used to do things that were spontaneous or not like, or not, um, I want to say not like myself, it, it's all like myself, but just something that I'm not normally daily doing on a daily, it would catch them off guard and it would scare them like in a way where, you know, for the beginning stages, they weren't so comfortable. And that's what really throws me off, that they have gotten so comfortable. And I noticed that when I start to fight them back and apply pressure, when I start to fight them in a way where it's like, um, I just start, you know, feeling like, I don't care. I don't care what you say. I don't care how you threaten me. I don't care what you are doing. I don't care what you've set up. I do not care. Like, I'm not you know, bending or compromising or, you know, going with anything that you're saying and doing or or you're threatening to do because they just made a lot of threats. I remember in the beginning stages, they would threaten me so much. They would threaten me all day, say that, say that they would kill me, say that they would um get me raped, killed, kidnapped, stabbed, murdered, all these different things. Like, they would just always threaten me constantly they would threaten to kill me with witchcraft they would threaten to um lie they would threaten to steal from me they would threaten to have somebody steal from me have somebody jump me it was so many different places i would go that they would like they would just lie to people and i thought to myself how was everybody able to hear this stuff and i thought to myself like no maybe i'm tripping this is this is when it was lying to me to get me to believe that everybody wasn't going along with it or everybody wasn't in on it and everybody is in on it so i knew that something was up because it's like i've heard of spells excuse me i've heard of spells i've heard of witchcraft i've heard of love spells all this different stuff and all of this did seem similar to it but it was still something so different because it seemed like it was on such a massive level where it's like these love spells and stuff i've heard of before i've read up on them before small things not a lot because you only really know situations like this from experience i'm gonna be honest with you you can read up about it you can hear about it but you know unless you experience it for yourself you don't know what to believe. You don't know what's true and what's actually accurate, you know, and what's specific to that person or what is general. And it takes experience. And so I realized that my situation was so specific and so different and so unique and so, so much, so much on a massive level. And they were, people were telling me this when I would come around them. I came around this guy that I was talking to. Or was spending time around, and I shouldn't have never spent time around this guy. Like he was such a, I don't know what to call it. Like he was such a shadow. I wanna, I wanna say shadow. He was such a shadow because he would just like play 
you know, he was so two-faced and he would hang like, I feel like in the shadows and be so fake and be so fake. But God gave me a vision about this guy later. So I'm, I'm gonna just, you know, I'm not going to go in on him, but all I know is like, um, this guy, like for a long time, I hung around him for a few, well, for a while I hung around him. And every single time I found out something new, like, and I would be getting hits. I would be getting told these different things that happened, that were happening around, but I couldn't believe it because something about like, it was just, it just felt like, you know, who would go that far? Who would do that? Like who is that obsessive? Who is that cowardly? Who is that creepy? Who is that powerful? Who is that, you know, satanic, demonic, and, you know, narcissistic? Who is that, you know, creepy? Like, it was just, I couldn't understand it. And, um, the, the stuff I went through would petrify you because I would be in a car with him and, like, I would turn my head and, like, I would hear them say, like, he want to kill you. He's trying to kill you. Like, he would say something like, um, did you see something out the window or something? I would turn my head. We would be down a dark alley and it would be, like, super secluded. And he would be acting really, like, creepy and really, like, stiff and, like, guilty. I would turn my head out the window. And all I know is I would hear them say, like, he he got a gun. And he, will, he about to kill you. He trying to kill you. And... I would think like, no, like, no, he would not do that. Like, I can't just automatically assume he'll do that. He would never do that. Like, why would he come, you know, out, go out of his way to come and kill me when he could just go his own way and not ever talk to me again? I wouldn't bother him. Like, why would he do that? You know, it just didn't make sense. And like, I remember one day I looked out the window and it felt like he was really trying to kill me. And I I heard him saying this, but it was like, I'm not even going to lie. I kind of like froze for a second, like. It felt like he really was. And I was like, okay, maybe he like maybe he really will kill me. Like anybody else just jump out the car, but I didn't want to jump out of the car and it not happen. And then I look crazy, like, and what real evidence do I have? Like I heard something in my head. I was hearing stuff all the time. I felt people watching me all the time. I could never prove nothing. And this is how they was able to keep getting away with things because I wasn't able to prove it because they were doing witchcraft, casting spells. So, all I know is, like, I heard them say he couldn't do it. He's scared. He's scared he couldn't do it. And I, I look over and I see him kind of, like, looking like he's reaching for something, looking like, you know, kind of, like, guilty. But, it like, in a way, it seemed like he just wanted me to think he would do that or he just wanted me to feel like, you know, he cared about me and that's why he didn't do it. But if I ever really felt like he was ever going to do something like that, like... For one, I would have got away from him. And for two, like, I had people in my family around me who loved me that would definitely have handled that. So it was just like, it was a whole nother story and situation, you know, when I felt like, you know, that was the case. And even if nobody else would do it, I would have. Like, I don't know. Like, at that point, like, I don't know what he thought. I think that maybe he was thinking, like, that, like, I probably liked that idea of some type of guy like that. Like, in reality, like, absolutely not, because if I had known something like that, I probably, because this is why I didn't want to think that or know that or jump to conclusions, because I will kill you. I will really kill you myself. 
And if especially if I feel like you are plotting to kill me, you brought a gun to kill me and couldn't do it. Like, what if next time you can? So, like, I will really kill you. And, like, it's amazing to me because like I couldn't jump to that conclusion because I know myself. I know myself. Like, and it's like, I never have done nothing like that. I've never probably seemed like the type to do something like that. And I've never really, you know, been the type of person that I feel like anybody would say that, you know, oh, yeah, she would do something like that, you know. But at the same time, it's like I know myself. If push come to shove, like, I will really, like, I really will. I really will. But the problem with that is that it wasn't just him involved, especially if it's people telling me in my mind, like, it's him, he, like, he's about to kill you. And then I hear a lot of times, I hear people saying, like, oh, you scared, oh, you a punk, oh, you said you're going to do it, but you ain't do it. Like, they're rooting him on to murder me. Like, they was going to cover up the murder, and they was going to, like, let him get away with it and everything. Like, they were setting me up to die. But the whole time, I just couldn't, I didn't know because it's like I couldn't, like, call it. I really couldn't call it. It's like, it's, they're saying this in my head, but listen, if you heard the different things that was being said in my head, you wouldn't know either. And I don't care what nobody say. I don't care what nobody say about this situation because I'm still here. I'm still here today. And if I had jumped to conclusions and did anything, then I would have looked like the crazy one. And that's what they've been trying to do since day one is set me up to look like the crazy one because they, you know, they know that their time is limited with this situation. They're going to be exposed they're going, it's going to be consequences to every action. Each and every single person who had anything or any hand in this is going to have to pay for what they did. And so they want to get me out the way so that, you know, I think either, first of all, I think that they already accepted, like, you know, them being exposed to consequences is inevitable. All of that is, you know, the Reaper, I don't, I don't want to say that, that's saying, but, you know, all every what goes around comes around. I think they've accepted that, but I think it's a, such an obsession involved with it, especially when you're doing demonic, sadistic things. Satan puts such a demon on you. When you put demons on people, when you put spells on people, Satan puts a demon on you. It's And Satan is so sadistic. So if you put a demon on somebody to watch them or keep up with anything that they do, the demon that Satan puts on you is obsessive and controlling and infatuated. And it turns you into an unrecognizable person because you're not a person anymore. You're a demon. And I noticed that, you know, the different things that Satan does, it's almost like Satan works in a way you can tell how Satan actually really, you know, wants to be like God. You can tell how he really wants to be like God because the things that he does, he does it in a sadistic way. He does he does things I feel like God would do, but only in a sadistic like way because the things that he does is similar to what God would do but except without love. When God does things, he does them with love. When Satan does things, he does them out of hate. So the things that Satan does is almost similar to God's judgments, except for they're not perfect. And it's hatred instead of love. So it's very sadistic. And anybody who turns to Satan for anything always gets, you know, less than whatever they were, you know, turning to him for. They get, they get, they get actually taken away from they they end up with less than what they started but um regardless of anything there was many different times many different things was happening 
in this situation with this guy. So I would be around him and I would hear them saying like, he's recording you. He set up a camera and like, I never could find any camera. I would only see a PS4 or Xbox one. I don't know. One of those, I think it was a PS4 and I know that if you have a game system like that, I know how those game systems work. You have to connect an extra camera. It would have to be extra camera connected. And even if you have an extra camera con- camera connected, I think that maybe you would have to have your system hacked or something like that for the camera to be working in the background. You know, because a lot of times the TV was off or he was playing a game. And yes, I think like once or twice he had a, um, the camera set up to his game system but like usually it's a light on when you when it's actually on like i'm not stupid so i know how like technology works so it's like I, it can't be that and i'm being watched all the time i'm being watched in in different angles and places there's no way a camera will be able to catch i don't care what kind of camera I, you would have to be right outside my window with the camera in my face like paparazzi for you to be able to catch certain angles in certain places that I was like alleys or in a car or in at nighttime like different situations it's like no way no cameras here no way because like it's a, it's a, it's such a small secluded place like if they set up cameras like I don't know they got to have night vision all kind of stuff and even by then it's like is it even worth it so I knew it wasn't cameras. It had to be witchcraft. It had to be witchcraft. Like it's certain places where it's like there's not even no type of, you know, no type of, excuse me, uh, connection here. There's no type of connection here. Like it has to be, like, I don't even have connection on my phone or like if somebody was here, I wouldn't like I would either like they would have to be hiding for a long time. Or, like, really, like, you know, dedicated to the job. Like, you know, like, army blending in with the dirt, hiding somewhere behind under a porch or something. Like, there's no way cameras could be around here. And if anybody tried to lie and say it was some cameras, I would say that, you know, that's honestly, that's the proof I need to know that it really wasn't. Because you know better. But um, a lot of times I start thinking and asking God, like, God, is it cameras in the hotels? Like, do the hotels got secret cameras set up? Because we all heard of the stories of, you know, when they set up secret hotel cameras and, like, people getting sued for that because they found them, etc. Stuff like that. But no, it wasn't that. Like, I would be watching a shower. I would be watching when I went to bathrooms. I would be watching everywhere I go. Everything that I did, I was being watched. And it was just, like... Certain times I would even like get paranoid and kind of like duck off real quick or something and check behind me or something. And like I just knew that it was a spirit. I knew it was a spirit monitoring me and watching me or a person behind spirits because or witchcraft because it was no possible way that these were like cameras. So I remember like one time hanging out with him and hearing like a group of guys it was a group of guys talking, but I knew that I heard them in my head. I've never heard a group of guys in my head ever before in my life. Well, actually I have. And it's funny because it's like, it's now when I look back on it all the times, I think they put witchcraft on me to make me forget about these different times I would hear this stuff. 
And like, they have been watching me for years. So, I like, I remember them saying that, like, they've been watching you for years. I remember them even telling me, I think they said, like, uh, they've been watching you since 2014 or something like that. Like, I remember something like that. They had told me they had been watching me for a long time. But, like, I just didn't believe them because I'm just like, um, nah, that's not possible. And plus, it feel like, you know, I can, like, I can hear, I can feel somebody saying, like, no, that's not true. Or, no, that's not the case. Or, no, they're lying. And I didn't know what to believe. But one time, a few times I was with him and I heard like a group of guys kind of like talking about me and kind of like conversating about me. And like, it sounded like when you like, if you were ever in a room with guys talking about how, you know, how they be with girls, you know. And when they was talking about me like that, I really thought like, what? Like, I don't even like if any guy, like if you're really watching me and really can hear me and hear my thoughts in my mind and everything like, you know me for real then. And I'm sure it could look a lot of kind of ways because I was out with a lot of guys a lot of times, but it wasn't sexual all the time. It was not sexual a lot of times. But regardless of anything, I pray every single morning. So if anybody was putting witchcraft or demonic, you know, spells and stuff on me, enchantments and stuff, like I can only imagine like how they, if they did they, were they able to see me praying? Like was this only sometimes were they able to see me? Were they able to chime in only certain times? And like, when I pray, does it do anything? Because also, I know I'm a demon hunter. I know that too. So, like, it's kind of weird. So, when I heard these group of guys talking, they, they told me, like, yeah, like, don't don't trust him. Don't mess with him. Like, he's fought for Like, he's really fake. Like, um, why, do you even, why do you even hang out with him? Like, you know, like, all kinds of stuff. And, like, I remember just thinking, like, I don't know, you know, what to believe right now. I really don't know what to believe right now because, like, could I be tripping? Could I be tripping? And around this time, I was drinking and smoking weed, but I'm, I would never blame this on weed or liquor because it's not a weed. It's not a weed strand in the world that can make up realistic voices in your mind from different people when you know you hear it in your head it's not just the other room it's not just outside your window it's not just in a distance like you hear it in your mind there's not a liquor in this world that can get you drunk enough to where you make this stuff up I don't care what nobody say. Just like you cannot fake an encounter with God, you cannot fake an encounter with Satan, and you cannot fake an encounter with witchcraft, period. You cannot make this up. This stuff is so creative and so specific that now that I watch movies and I pick up on the stuff that they do and say in movies, the subliminal things that they do in movies, is stuff that really happens in real life. Scary movies, these paranormal activity movies, these um and the movie insidious um the movie um poltergeist these movies this stuff happens in real life the movie alien versus predator those demons really look like that in hell this is for real this stuff happens in real life but they turn it into a sci-fi so that they can sell it on the market they say sci-fi and the, with demonic warfare, spiritual warfare. It turns they put a sci-fi tag on it so they can sell it. I'm telling you, this stuff really happens in real life, and it's happened to me. And that's the only way I would know that this stuff, like these movies, are real. 
And even the movies that you know, like, you don't even really take that serious. Like, the comedy movies, Scary Movie 5, like, Scary Movie 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Or, um, just all these creepy, creepy movies. These movies are real. And I've always known it. But, like, um... All I know is, like, I heard the guys kind of, like, conversating. But, like, I just felt like it was the stuff that they were saying, regardless of whatever they were saying, just felt like you either you don't know what you're talking about or you just an idiot. So I didn't really, like, take it, you know, personal, the stuff that they were saying. And that's what's so funny to me because, like, I had so much confidence in God that I, I didn't, I didn't, like, not for one second did I ever fear for my life I would pray I would literally pray I would pray when I was around help I would pray in the presence of him I would pull out my bible and pray like anytime I ever felt attacked anytime I ever feel unsafe anytime I ever felt like you know I can't maybe I can't trust this person or I don't know this person or you know I could die or I don't know you know I would pray I would always pull out my bible and pray before I left the house to go with anybody, went to to make it home safe. I would pray when I got in the house. I would pray every morning when I woke up. I would always pray. I would pray over these guys. And a few times I would be in a car with these guys and I would feel super paranoid. I would feel super unsafe. And I would feel like, you know, I would start hearing things like, you know, this guy's a creep. You cannot trust him. He will kill you. You know, this guy is such a, this guy is this, this guy is that. Like I'm hearing all kinds of stuff about these guys. That's like, I have on the outside from what I can see, I have no reason to believe any of this stuff, but I would just pray. And so I would start praying and I would feel so paranoid before, but once I pray, I just know everything's going to be okay. I just know. Like, a couple times it felt like they really knew that I was praying because a couple times the guys would, like, grab my hand. And, like, like now that I'm thinking back on it, a couple times the guys would, like, grab my hand, like, it's okay, it's going to be okay. And I would wonder, like, you know, how do you know I was just praying? Because it's not that I was super hiding it, but it's like I wasn't being obvious enough so it was a lot of times where I really didn't like I really couldn't call it because I just to me I was thinking to myself who am I I'm one person in a city of 500,000 and at least 65 to 70 percent of that is women and I'm sure it's a lot of good looking women and there's no possible way that me out of all the women in the city is being stalked by a group of men and might I might I add that some of the the names associated with it was like it seemed like like wouldn't they be looking for somebody who is like super I don't know famous rich or of a certain status so I couldn't call it but um so like it seems like a lot of times Different things would happen, like different weird things would would be happening. Like, okay, so one time I went to this one guy's house and it seemed like like he was just super, super, super like excited about me. I'm gonna just say excited about me. I won't say thirsty. He was super excited about me. And I went and I hung out with him because I thought he was like a really cool dude. Like, I thought he was a cool guy. And when I went to hang out with him, like it felt like he was talking to me in my mind. Like, 
it felt like he told me everything like I do witchcraft like I cast spells yes I do and like I'm really like I really I'm I'm in this stuff and like you know I really like you I don't want to say he said that but he kind of it kind of was obvious but like he said like um yeah like I'm a demon and I think he even told me he had AIDS like he told me he had AIDS and like it looked it like he had craters in his face and he had like really bad like like it like his body just looked like it was in a really bad condition and he was really like it seemed like malnourished but like still I didn't I don't automatically assume somebody's got AIDS but I noticed like he never wanted to like be like intimate like as far as like kiss or like you know actually like touch and stuff like that he never was ever bold like that to ever like touch me or anything like when I hung out with him he just wanted to be around me I mean he he would actually want to give me foot massages I'm not gonna lie like I'm not gonna expose him but like I think he has some type of thing for feet but all I know is you know one day I was talking I was around him and thinking like why is it like it seemed like you just want to buy time with me. Like, you don't even want to touch me or anything. You just want to buy time with me. And I was not trying to be ignorant, but I was thinking to myself, like, if you think it's because you think, like, you're super ugly or anything, because he got, like, craters and stuff in his face. Like, I just want you, like, to, like, know, like, I'm. if I felt like that, you know, if, I, if that mattered to me, I wouldn't even be around you. Not that I wanted him to be all up on me or nothing. I just respected that if that's, if he was like that just because out of respect. I wanted to know the real, but he ended up telling me in my mind, like, I swear, like, it was so crazy because I would never just jump to conclusions like this about anybody that he was, he was into witchcraft. He cast spells for money and would get it thousands of dollars and, um, that he had AIDS. He said he had AIDS and, um, he also said like, um, he said a few things. He actually said he he said some stuff. He told me he kind of told me a lot, like you know, like like he kind of in some type of cult. That's what he said. He's in some sort of cult, and in this cult, like you know, like they kill people. <laughs> like they have killed. Like it's I won't say he said they kill people. But they have killed. Like it is kind of like serious. But when he told me this stuff, he didn't say it with his mouth. He just told me in his head. And I remember thinking to myself, like, is that true? I don't want to be, like, super critical of this person. I don't want to judge this person. And he have, he ain't done nothing but be nice to me. How can I just automatically, you know, like, judge him? And then I remember, like, he was just, like, I looked over at him. And he kind of was, like. Kind of like his face was like it, you know, acknowledging it and sort of like admitting, admitting it was true. And I said, wow, like, you know, I guess it's true. I guess it's true. I didn't act super weird. Like, uh uh-uh, now I can't, you know, I can't touch you. I'm about to run. But like, I was just like, I don't know. You know, I still don't judge you. And I respect anybody who is straight up just tell me that. Because it's way too many people doing this stuff behind my back. 
if this is what you if this stuff you saying is true it's way too many people doing this stuff behind my back and would never say it to my face never 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 tell me nothing even people i grew up with supposed to love me and you would just tell me like clearly you're a different breed and i respect that and i think that's why i feel like i i kind of hung out with him anyways it's almost like my spirit already know like i said i'm a demon hunter that doesn't mean i'm not susceptible to stuff but i think that in the spirit i kind of already know people so all i know is um one day i hung out with him and it was a group of guys in the next room and I heard them talking about it. I heard them talking about me like they knew me. Like, they was like, I remember them just kind of like being like, first of all, real, like, rude. That was rude. But they was like, you know, they said, they was talking about, like, how they can, like, how they end this cult stuff. Not not how they end the cult stuff. They wasn't in it like that. They was just talking about me, like, like. The way they was talking about me, they was talking about stuff. There was no possible way they knew. Like, I'm in my phone texting people. And they're talking about what I'm texting. Who, who I'm talking to, how I'm talking to them. The conversation, stuff they could have never known. And I'm like, I'm looking around. I'm like, how can they, can they see this? Absolutely not. They cannot see it. So I'm like, but they still can. So I'm knowing like this is some witchcraft stuff. And then I thought, I thought in my head, like, hold on. Is they talking about me? And then I would hear them like actually respond to it. They was in the next room responding to me. In my head, the stuff I was thinking. And it was crazy because I'm like, okay, I got to be tripping. Like they, they definitely not talking about me. And then I remember them saying stuff like, nah, you need to be careful around here because, you know, like, we got choppers, like, like, I'm not trying to be funny, but, like, we got, we got guns, like, we would really kill you, you could really get hurt, and I remember thinking, like, wow, what did I do to you, (laughs) and then I remember, like, the guy I was with, thinking, I remember for a second, I thought to myself, like, you know, is he in on this, like, is he, like, setting, is this a setup, and he kind of just, like, said something, like, comforted me, like, no, I ain't got nothing to do with that. Like, and then I remember like kind of getting a little rowdy in there. Like they started arguing a little bit. Like, all right, bro, stop playing with me because, you know, like da 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 da. Like, you like uh uh-uh, uh because such and such. Like, you know, some people they got a little bit of integrity where they like, no, I got sisters, no, I got a mother, no, stop playing with me because such and such. You know, like you ain't about to do none of that. And like then people start coming down. Like, no, I'm just saying. Like, you know, like to a certain extent they will stand up for you. But, like, I just got, like, hold on, it's a group of dudes in the next room, and they talking about me, uh-uh, that don't sound right, they don't feel right. And, like, I just felt, like, uncomfortable, like, nah, I'm by myself, like, nah, I gotta, you know, I gotta send my location to somebody, I gotta see what's up, like, I gotta get up out of here because I can't, I can't, like, be in this situation. But at the same time, like, I'm knowing God got me. I feel the protection of God, like, I know it, because, like, how do they hear my thoughts? But at the same time, you know, to a certain extent, I can feel like I'm not going to say they they super scared because I feel like I know that they bold enough to do whatever it is they said they would do. But to a certain extent, I got a level of respect like and I it wasn't even trying. I'm really not no, you know, I don't need that street cred stuff. I'm really not the type. 
but I don't need validation. But it's like to a certain extent, I got to love and respect with them. I can feel it. But another thing that I feel, I felt, I mean, I'm going to speak about that I'm going to, you know, definitely mention. I felt a dark cloud, a dark spirit, a dark thickness over that entire house. And it was definitely because they had been doing witchcraft and casting a bunch of different spells in that house. It was a dark, like murderous thickness, like murderers. And I'm while I'm being honest, like you can't just automatically assume they do everything, but you know, at the same time you can't rule everything out. So I didn't feel the rape. I didn't feel the rape, you know, thing. I didn't feel that, but I also felt like to a certain extent, like they knew better than to touch me. Like, I don't feel like they was like, they would never touch me. Like, you know, if it got to a certain extent or anything like that, like if I got rude or bold or anything like that, like they would never put their hands on me or touch me, but like they knew better. Like they stayed a certain distance. And for a second, it felt like, actually, we got your back. And I'm not even going to lie. I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. So, um, I remember I was texting. And I was like, talking, like, trying to get picked up by somebody. Hurrying, like, trying to get up out of there quickly. I was not about to stay there. And, um, I remember, like... I heard them talking about how I was, like, about to get picked up by another dude at another dude's house. And I thought to myself, like, wow, like, how do you know that? Like, <laughs> like, there's no, like, did you hack my phone? I'm not even using your Wi-Fi. Or was I? I don't know. I don't remember if I was using this using a Wi-Fi or not. I might have been using a Wi-Fi. I'm not going to lie. That might have been something why I, why I ruled it out. But it's like they can hear my thoughts. Because I remember thinking in my head, like, and so? Like, if I was getting picked up by another dude, what obligation do I have to this one? Like, this supposed to be my friend. He know that, too. Like, he know that, and, like, he know it's not nothing like that. And also, he even told me, like, he, he even talked to somebody. Like, he got somebody and all that. But it's like, so we just friends. And it ain't never been more than that. So... Why do y'all feel like I got some type of obligation to not be picked up by somebody if I feel unsafer? And so I started to say that in my thoughts, but then it was like there was like it's almost like there was like um like they wanted to get rowdy about it. And I'm just one girl. So I'm just like, I don't know. But then I remember his sister was there and it seemed like his sister was kinda like sticking up for me a little bit, like you don't need to be here. Like, you really don't need to be here. And so I was definitely about to get out, leave by then. So, um, actually, I believe he was waiting on his sister to get back so he can take me home. But I remember how that, how that happened for real. But, um, I don't know. His sister kind of seemed a little cool. Like, she understood what it felt like to be in my position. But I'm not even going to really speak on that too much because, like, I don't know. Like, the, the energy was off there. Too. But um, all I know is I text somebody to come get me. And, that, like, they was like, I'm pulling up. They, I'm just going to 
up and come. And I'm like, they like, oh, I'm about to be there in a second, such and such. So, the person said he outside, and I'm like, okay, now I gotta leave. So I remember saying to the to the guy, like, I wanted to say, like, you know, all right, I'm about to go. Like, I I can't stay. But it felt like they was discussing in the other room, like, no, you can't go. Like, like I'm kidnapped or something. I'm like, uh-uh. Like, if y'all think <laughs> it's about to go like that, like, don't think, like, I'm not, I don't, I won't bust through this window. I don't give, I don't give a F if I break a leg trying to run away. Like, I will, I'm getting away. I'm getting away, period. Like, that's just what it is. Or I'm going to die trying. And that's straight like that. I don't care. So, like, it was, I feel like it was getting, like, tense for me. But, like, I remember them saying in the next room, like, because they don't really, like, know. Like, they must don't know all the way. They can't, must can't hear everything. Because they said, like, I'm saying in my head, like, okay, what excuse I'm going to use to get away? But I heard them kind of discuss, like, Oh, she about to get picked up by another dude. But how they know that? But then they didn't hear the part where I'm saying, like, the excuse thing. Like, you know? But I, I don't know. I feel like they heard that. But then I remember saying to the guy, like, um, my cousin need me to babysit her kids, so I got to go. And um, she outside to pick me up. So I had a person park, park like, a couple houses down. And I was on my way out. And then when I was on my way out, you know, I heard them say, like, yeah, and hurry up because this door ain't finna stay open for long. Or, like, if you come back or whatever. Like, they kind of made it seem like I needed a place to stay. They was kind of making it seem like I'm homeless or something. Like, I'm going to have to come back or something. And I'm thinking to myself, what makes you think I'm coming back? And I don't know. It's something to it. It's like, how do you know I'm, you know, getting picked up? But you don't know that I'm not coming back. And I got somewhere to stay. So it's like, it's almost like they only getting bits of pieces. So if anything, if I had to put two and two together, I would say that it was a middleman in between this witchcraft stuff that they was doing. But that's kind of obvious. Because if they knew all that was going on and everything that was involved in this situation, you know, they probably would have held me for ransom or something. Like if, like, I don't know. I don't know, but they would have, they, I don't know. They, I just feel like they couldn't have known, especially when it seemed like they, de- they defended certain stuff. Like they got integrity in certain areas. If you had integrity with this, you wouldn't even be involved. So it's a lot of stuff. I just can't, you know, I can't, a lot of stuff just not making sense or adding up. And that's why I feel like it was a middleman in this situation. So I end up leaving and I still feel like they talking in my head. I still feel like it's dudes talking in my head. So I'm just like, wow, a lot of voices I don't even know. And I'm very good at recognizing voices. I hear your voice one time and I never forget it. I never forget you. I know who you is. I can identify you by your voice. But these is voices I don't even know. Like I'm like, I'm, like I can barely hear any ones I do. So. All I know is I get picked up by this guy. And this guy, he's kind of like, it seems like he's like Muslim or something. He's like, um, he straight up just, he straight up just tell me, listen, you got to be careful. You a young girl, you know, um, 
you can't just be getting in a car with nobody and on your way to nobody's house based off of no reason. Like, you don't know what these people out here will do to you. You have to be careful. You need to be mindful. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, I pray. I'm going to be okay. God got me. But still, I noticed that God must have sent him. God must have sent him and must have compelled him to say that. So the way he's talking to me, he's kind of talking to me in a way like he knows my situation. He knows what's going on. He knows where he just picked me up from. And he only picked me up because he felt like I was in distress. Like, otherwise, he wouldn't have even shown up. Like, in a way, he kind of telling me, like, it was a bunch of, like, everybody know. And a bunch of people wasn't even going to come get you. They were just going to leave you in that situation. But I decided to step in because, you know, I got a daughter. So I was thinking to myself, like, how would you know already? Like, if I'm being honest, I was being reckless. I did. I had just met this guy on this site and I didn't know him like that. We were just supposed to go get breakfast. It's like four or five o'clock in the morning. So, like, in reality, like, this is around the time where, like, I was so lost. I was just going from house to house or from guy to guy to guy to guy. Even though I wouldn't even be doing anything with these guys, like, I would just be, like, I would literally hang out with, like, three different guys I did not know one night. But, like, to me, I didn't feel like it was, I ain't gonna say I didn't feel like it was reckless or wrong. I knew it was reckless and I knew it was wrong. But, like, I just felt like, you know... A lot of times, even when I don't feel safe, like, I can just pray. And a lot of times, a lot of people is just talking about all this stuff that could happen or can happen to you. And I just feel like I've been out here. I've been meeting a lot of different people. I've been getting to know a lot of different people. And even if they're not worth it or worth my time, like, I can't live my li- live my life in fear because what this has taught me is not to live your life in fear what this has taught me is that you can't listen to everybody when they say be super careful who you hang out with all the time you can get killed yes that's possible but what this has really taught me is that you gotta fight that you gotta go against the grain you cannot you know you cannot live your life in fear because living your life in fear is you know that's what it just holds you back when I'm getting out here and I'm meeting all these different people, I'm actually finding that like life is worth living and people are worth meeting. And even if the person seems like a waste of your time, it's still worth it to keep getting out there and meeting people because I would meet like 10 losers. But like then, the you know, out of like three out of the 10 losers will actually be worth my time. I want to say super worth my time because then they'd still be around. But like I'm still glad I was out meeting people to meet them. And it's like, it's kind of like that in this world. It's so messed up that you could run into the wrong person the first time you go out. Or you can go out 150 times and never run into the wrong person. It's like you can't live your life in fear. And the whole time, everybody will always warn me. Oh, you need to do this. Oh, you need to do that. Oh, you need to do this. Oh, you need to do that. Same thing every time. And I'm like, if I believed you, like, I wouldn't know that you have to, life is worth living. You have to get out here and meet people. Because if you stay in your cocoon, stay in your circle, and stay around these people, you will never find out all the interesting and new and worth it things out here. It's, it's like, that's meant for you to know and learn. Like, for a reason, for some reason, I feel like God encouraged this. God encouraged me meeting people, but probably not in the manner I was doing it. I probably was being 
like a little unsafe. But I prayed every single time to make it home safely. I prayed, you know, for it not to be nobody who would hurt me or harm me. I prayed that the Lord send the right person. And the Lord covered me every single time, even though he would talk to me. The Lord even talked to me a lot of times. I won't say, you know, I'm not going to lie. The Lord even said, like, you need to be careful. You don't need to go out if you feel like that and such and such and such. Like, And I was still, you know be like okay well, i'm still going out because not that i was being stubborn and disobedient to god but just that you know i realized that you know the only thing i realized in coming out and being around people and going out to meet different people is that if i had never done this i would have been missing out on something I really would have been missing out on something. Now, some of these guys, you know, was a waste of my time. You know, I probably wish I could have got that hour or two back. But most of the time, like, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm, overall, like, I would have been missing out on something. I would have been missing out on life. And it just showed me that I even need to expand more. Like, I need to just, I don't even need to leave it at just meeting local guys in my city. Because the city that I thought that I knew, like, the back of my hand since I was a child, I found that. I don't know at all. I don't know at all. Like, I'm staying in this small cocoon, this small circle of people who's telling me what to expect. And I'm come, I'm going off into the world and finding out that that might be just for them. Or even if it's not just for them, that could be something that's hindering them. You can't let it hinder you. It, the same thing, the thing that's true for them may not be true for you. A lot of people mistake themselves by thinking that, you know, one way of thinking, it should be the everybody's way of thinking and I cannot even say I'm not guilty of that what I'm saying is that getting out there and doing that is taught me to not be that person taught me to think outside the box taught me to expand my mind expand my horizons and I was growing because all those years I spent in the house wasting my time thinking you know I can meet the wrong person or you know living in fear and all of that, whatever whatever could have happened to me or had happened to me in the process was worth it. I, I don't care what nobody say. Like, you might say, nah, later on, you're going to get smarter and say, nah, that was, none of that was worth it. It was worth it to me because I proved everybody wrong. I proved that, you know, living in fear and living like how they told me I, should, I had to, you know, was going to get my head knocked off, was going to get me in trouble, was going to, I was going to run into the wrong person who could hurt me. Yes, all that's possible. But if I live my life in fear like that, then I guess I shouldn't go outside at all because I can go outside and get hit by a car. I can go outside and get hit by a stray bullet. I can go outside and walk and fall into a ditch. I can go outside and get attacked by a loose lion in the streets that just escaped from the zoo. If that's your ideology, anything can happen any day. I can even, somebody can run to my house and kill me. Staying in your house and all the precautions that you take is not going to protect you from life and the monkey wrenches that life throws. There's no set way to, you know, avoid trouble. Because no matter where you at or what you do or the precautions that you take, trouble is going to find you no matter what, if it's meant for you. And if it's not meant for you, staying in the house and all of that stuff or whatever it is, or going out and, and enjoying your life, 
None of that make a difference. Because you cannot control life. And that's one thing I learned. And that's the best lesson I could have ever learned in my life. I don't care who I ran into. What I also learned is that, you know, a lot of different people who people stay away from and judge a book by its cover. Or, you know, they hear certain things and then they they keep themselves from good people. They keep themselves from worth it experiences. And guess what that person is thinking? Well, your loss. And guess what? That's always the good ones. The good ones always think your loss. And it really is because they ain't going to tell you that. And you have to be out there to figure it out. You have to be out there finding these new experiences. The only thing that held me back from these new experiences and these new opportunities and all these new things I could have been doing in my life and I could have done, I could have been out here, you know, learning about and, and finding out about is the mindset I was taught growing up. Like, you know, blood, blood is thicker than water. You got to stick with your family and, um, you know, you got to be careful and don't forget about your family and don't, don't, you know, don't go off into the world and ignore or forget about your family. Like you always got to take care of your family. Don't ever let your family go. That's always going to be your family. And the funny thing about it is if I was willing to let go of my family, ain't no telling where I'd be. Cause the only thing that hindered me was holding so tight to them. And if you say, if you ask them right now. What they would have done, they wouldn't have done the same thing. They would have abandoned me the first chance they got. What do you mean? This opportunity I want. Why would I come back for you? Because you ain't thinking about me. But blood thicker than water when it comes to me. That's what I'm saying. And I can go and do that right now. I can go and do that and not care right now. But the only thing I feel like, you know, is really holding me back from that is that the Lord called me. Jesus called me. Every single day I prayed, he protected me. He kept me for nothing, nothing in return. He didn't ask me for nothing. He showed me what he showed me. He showed me another side of life, what I could be doing. And then he called me and he said, choose. Now he said, whatever you do, you know, I got your back. Whatever you do, I love you. You know that. I will protect you no matter what. I will never hold it against you. But I just, I need you to choose. And I chose him. Because I said, hey, I'm sure I would love, have so much fun with these experiences out here in this in, in this world. I'm sure that, you know, it's more for me to learn. I was just getting started. I'm very young. I'm sure that these is my years so I should be doing that, you know. And I would have so much fun. And it, it might be a loss, you know. But I've experienced that enough. I've done that enough. You know, even though I was just getting started, I know it sounds crazy. Like, what? After what? Every, everything you learn, do you believe that or not? But it's like Jesus said, I want, I want you to draw nigh to me. I want you to let go of the world. Come out of the world. Come up underneath me. I need you to learn this. I need you to do this. I have something for you. And the least I could do was give Jesus a chance after he had given me millions. He's protecting me no matter who I'm with. I know I'm going to be okay. I don't care if I'm in the car with a mass murderer. I'm making it home safe because Jesus said I am. And he did that every time I prayed to him. And even though he told me or warned me or he would tell me what I should and should not be doing, 
he would still say, okay, you're right. I still love you. I still got you. I, a couple times, like, he was like, you know, if you really don't, if you really feel fear, then you should stay. And I'm like, but Jesus, I know you'll protect me. And he said, okay, you're right. Just pray. And I would go out and he would make sure I got home. Even though he would like be like, if you really don't want to be out there, then you shouldn't. Or if you really don't feel confident, then maybe you shouldn't do it. All I know is that when he called me home to him, when he called me not to draw nigh to him, what I found is that, of course, I could have been out in the world and he would have protected me just like he'd always been protecting me. I probably would have had a lot of fun. I would have met a lot of new people, experienced a lot of different things. I wouldn't have regretted it. So I don't want to ever, I don't want to ever, you know, make it sound like I'm making an excuse. Like, you know, it was nothing left for me. Like, no. It's just that I've chose God because God is so much more worth it. And he has never been short of a miracle in my life. He has always performed miracles in my life and my situation. He's made things impossible, possible for me time after time after time again, even when I didn't deserve it. And if he tells me to come and draw night to him and give up all of this, even what's possible for me. And I know he'll protect me through whatever I choose. He's calling me to trust him like he's trusted me. So I trust him. And that's what I decided to do. And what I've learned is that even though it's been a very hard journey, making up for all the times I was disobedient to him, making up for all the times that, you know, I decided to be a free spirit. What I find is that what I found is that this is so much more worth it when he's catering to my soul. And he was he had been catering to my soul, but he's catering to my soul on such a level that, you know, I could, like, when I was out and about and in this world, it was happening on such a slow rate. It's like molasses that way. But now it's like the Energizer Bunny. Like, he's catering to my soul, and I'm being filled up so much at such a rate. It's like, it's amazing. It's miracle-like. As opposed to when I was out in this world, yes, he was still catering to my soul. He was still, you know, loving on me. But it was harder because I wasn't, you know drawing nigh to him like I should have been like Jesus I talked about this in a previous episode but with Jesus the thing about it is either way it go he's going to be there for you either way it go he loves you either way it go he's faithful to you either way it go he'll accept you either way it go he'll protect you but you do certain things and it makes it harder for you So it's like, do you want to work smarter or do you want to work harder? And it's not even about working smarter because Jesus says the wise fall into their own traps. But what it's about is when you're out in this world and you're doing worldly things, you're only weakening yourself. And you're making it harder for Jesus to reach you. But when you draw not to God and you choose to give up everything, don't force anything. You choose like you at any time right now, you can go off and do whatever it is and have a ball. You can go off and live your life and be very, very happy with it. But you choose Jesus no matter what it comes with, even if it takes not being happy for a spell just to be extremely like, you know, you'll be extremely happy. It takes having trust and faith in him. 
that's when the real miracles happen. That's when it starts. You start to draw nigh to him on such a level. He's giving you so much power and trust and just love that you know. You know that he's choosing you. You know that he's choosing you because you chose him. And this is what I've learned. This is what I've. This is what you know I've sown.